Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome to another week, living full time in the RV. Love it. RV. I always thought it was such an American term. Yeah, me too. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's more and more referred to as RV lifestyle, RV living here in Australia. But you're right. I mean, I've always thought it was a real American term as well. But I, I, I mm. guess, you know, it's not. No. And you see it everywhere. This tidy town. Yes, RV friendly. Well, I suppose in one way it's easier than saying caravan, motorhome, camper, camper trailer, whatever. Do you know what RV stands for? Recreational vehicle. I was so weirdly hoping that you wouldn't know. I should have come up with something really fantastic. Mm. Mm. Leave that with me. Okay. (laughs) And I should mention that it is raining on and off here quite heavy and it's very windy and blustery Mm. out there, isn't it? It is. So the microphone might pick up a little bit of that weather, but we'll continue on. Okay, this week we are heading to Trinity Islands, located on the Burham River. It's about three hours' drive north of Brisbane, 30 minutes northwest of Harvey Bay, and it's only about 10 minutes down the road from Burham Heads. And what was great about this is that it came recommended to us from our our neighbours, the family who were caravanning beside us at Rivershore Resort on the Sunshine Coast. And uh, Daniel was speaking to Paul when we were kitching up and getting ready to leave and really enthusiastically said to us, you guys need to go and experience Trinity Islands Holiday Park. We've just come from there. We've had an amazing couple of days there. The kids loved it. And so we thought... You know, I I love those word-of-mouth recommendations. They're the best. They are the best because, well, we all know, it's like text messaging, right? So reading a review on an app like Wikicamps, and don't get me wrong, we love Wikicamps, we use Wikicamps whenever we're travelling around, but when you're reading a review or you're reading a text message, it's subjective, right? Because you're not there with the person. But when you have an in-person experience, a personal experience with somebody, and it's fantastic and they are giving you this great recommendation, you get that energy, that vibe from them. And Daniel was very vibed telling us about Trinity Islands. And so we thought, well, absolutely, we are headed in that general direction. Let's go and check this place out. That's right. And isn't it great, that part of the caravanning community, when you do get those tips, tricks, how-tos, where-tos, who to go see, all of those in-person moments can make the best part of your adventure too. So, yeah, take note of those. And this tip certainly was a good one. Trinity Islands is this beautiful natural Aussie bush setting. It's a a series of man-made islands. We say islands, they're connected, I guess, through this clever design. Surrounded by a freshwater lake, right? Yes, that has created uh, 60 sites, very large sites, Mm. actually. So it's not your traditional van park where you're backing in, hoping you're not going to hit the person next to you. Uh, And in fact, 
because of the border closure with Queensland only opening a couple of days before we arrived, there were plenty of sites and we were very fortunate. In fact, we were on what was known as Island 2 completely by ourselves mm. for the first three nights. Oh, amazing. We had our own island. I mean, <laughs> where else can you say that when you're in your caravan? In Queensland, Yeah, right. right. <laughs> now, of the 60 sites, there's a handful of powered sites, mm -hmm. which means that you really do want to pick up the phone and book or get online and book as soon as you know your travel dates. Yeah, if you require power, if of you course. Re yeah, yep. if you require power. There's also some gazebo sites that give you this extra shaded area, mm. which is really great, particularly for those hotter summer months, because as you are around and surrounded by water, um, there isn't a lot of shade. So I think a gazebo site, particularly in the hotter months, would be worth uh, getting. That's right. Well, the, the natural bushland environment um, is, I, I guess, what you look out over the lake towards. So when you say that there's not a lot of shade, there's not a lot of big trees uh, around the islands in the campsites, but the, the actual environment is, itself, like what you said, Paul, it's it's this beautiful, untouched bush, Aussie bush environment. Yeah, and it is exactly what I pictured when I was having those daydreams for that 18 months of planning and dreaming and thinking, oh, I can't wait till we're doing this, you know, full time. It was designed so well that every site has a water view. That's right. It, the, the design is excellent and you can choose, as Paul mentioned, uh, where you'd like to be on which island there's also a beachfront area as well of the lake that you can camp besides but every single site has some water view we pretty much had water views out of every window we, we looked did. out of in the van because we were on uh, island two and we were there for three nights by ourselves, which was even more amazing. That's right. We actually loved it so much we booked for the fourth night and uh, <laughs> well, and we did gain a neighbour that was, you know, at the next site 100 metres past us. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a chalk and cheese experience when it comes to staying in a van park like Rivershaw, which, of course, we do love, um, but then to get to Trinity Islands and have so much space space uh, between, you know, even all the other vans that were there. They were spaced out. It wasn't crowded. And I would imagine that even when it is at capacity, it would still feel uh, very spacious and very relaxed. In fact, something that we spoke about when we were there is that it it feels like a free camping experience in a beautiful, you know, pristine environment, bush environment. But then you, of course, you do have the luxuries and the securities that come with it being a van park. And that, you know, is the, the on-site management, the amenities if you need them, the security of the, the gated entrance. Um, so it was the best of both worlds, I think. Yeah, and it is really chalk and cheese to Rivershaw. You know, Rivershaw has the jumping pillow and the water slide park and the bar and all of those things, you know, and you get a text, hey, we'll deliver a pizza to your van. And yeah. I mean, that is, you know, set up as a resort and that's exactly what it represents. Yes. This is getting back to nature. It's it's what camping used to be like when we were kids, you know, and isn't that difference what is so appealing about it? 
Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, we, like what you said, when we were dreaming and planning and um, being totally new to this lifestyle, we had an idea in our head of what we thought it would look like and what we thought it would felt like. And our time at Trinity Islands certainly encapsulated all of that. We were able to have a campfire which has been very rare for us um, during our 10 months on the road, mostly due to the fact of the fire bans that have been in place. Yeah, it's just been an ongoing fire ban because of how dry and how severe the last fire season was Mm -hmm. across Australia. So to be able to get there and set up camp and set up a a, a fire pit and sit out of a night time and, you know, just – Simple things, simple pleasures that I think really speak to what you said, Paul, about it being a back-to-basics camping experience from the good old days. You know, I just, I loved watching Paul and Jasper go foraging for kindling, for sticks, for the fire, and then bringing those back of an afternoon at about four o'clock as the, you know, the sun's getting low in the sky and lighting that fire and then us being able to sit out and eat our dinner out around the campfire at night and toast marshmallows and just have a great experience. And on toasting the marshmallows, Jasper loves putting the marshmallow on the stick. Yeah, it's a novelty, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, but he doesn't like toasting it, <laughs> which we found was hysterical. Um, he, he said, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just as good. Yeah. Well, it's not camping if it's not on a stick, no, that's, right? That, I think is what we said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a couple of other highlights that we'll get out cooking on the Weber every night. Oh, so good. Sitting under a billion stars. <gasps> the sky out there was amazing. And I mean, I'm sure we're going to say that a lot as we head further inland in Australia and get further away from the populated areas, but that was a definite highlight, just sitting out and watching those incredible stars pass us by. Incredible. Uh, The amount of space for Jasper to run around, he was absolutely spent. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Every day. He... um, Gosh, he just ran. I mean, because we were on Island 2 by ourselves for the majority of the time, we didn't have to worry about him. He ran around. He rode his bike around. He was an aeroplane one minute and he was a race car the next. And and that's right. We would get to the afternoon and, again, it's that getting back to basics, that good old-fashioned fun that we had when we were kids he wasn't on the screen which was so lovely he wasn't even asking to be on the screen and he was happy to set up his train track outside on the Mm. mat play in the dirt help Paul with the fire get sandy he just he loved it and there's also um, a number of kayaks that are scattered around in front of the campsite areas on different islands that you can use free as Mm. a guest, which is great. The large uh, freshwater lake is stocked with a number of different species of fish, namely a very large barramundi Mm -hmm. that uh, is running through the catch and release system that they have there. Mm -hmm. If you do want to catch and cook, the Burham River is at the end of the property. There's this beautiful deck area that they've done up with some seating. You can fish there. There's a big barbecue, uh, a table. Um, there's a massive, I guess, community fire pit Oh, down there. 
what what they've put down there on the riverfront, I think, is fantastic and just, again, adds to the entire experience of being there. And it, it allows you to, I guess, be social with other guests who are staying there too in a very relaxed environment like you would in your own campsite. But to top all this off, this incredible park, uh, the on-site managers, Di and Kobe, and we talked about getting back to the olden days of camping. Well, they really bring back that good old-fashioned service. Mm, absolutely. In every shape and format from uh, the initial greeting when you first arrive and those friendly faces to uh, delivering the firewood and setting up the the Mm-hmm. campfire for us to the organic fruit and veggie box that they offer every friday uh, you can place an order for one of these they go out to a local farm and bring back beautiful produce at very inexpensive prices just so many great things that they offer there i know delivering it to your door is that fantastic they also uh showed up with a bag of i guess the ugly fruit and veggies. <laughs> the seconds, I think, from That's the a, farmers. Yes, and so they have a couple of little ponies on site at the back of the property, and one of the little ponies named Sunshine had an encounter with Jasper, and he just loved that. Mm, so fantastic. And we mentioned before, one of my favourite parts of this whole experience was getting to cook a little bit more on the Weber, and so we tried our hand at Nanny's <laughs> famous French toast. I like how you put the famous bit in there. I'm not sure if that's the official title, it's, but... It's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a great recipe from my mum that we tried on the Weber, and it was just super delicious. Now, if, you, oh, if you're thinking, yummo, that sounds good to me, check out our website. In the blog section, we always upload any of the recipes that we have tried on the Weber, so you'll find Nanny's famous French toast there. And not only the Weber got a workout, but I had a water filter that I had purchased back in episode one. And can I just say, weirdly, that came off a face-to-face personal recommendation from our neighbour. Peter was his name. Peter, that's correct, who was also in a Coromel caravan at Rivershaw Resort. That's all a bit like woo-woo, isn't it? All those (laughs) synchronicities about that. I know, that's right. It was Father's Day 2019, our very first fan site, our very first neighbour gave me this tip. I went out and bought the water filter. It was an inline filter called BEST, BEST. It's a good good name. name. Yeah. Uh, And it's been sitting in its box for 10 months. So... I had an opportunity with some extra time in a space where there was no one else around uh, so that I didn't look silly if I uh, you know, made a mistake. But look, it was the simplest install and that actual video that I made for that is in this last episode on YouTube. And what a great invention and $120, I think it cost me. I purchased that in store. You can actually grab these online for around $110, I believe, but then you've got postage and handling. Mm -hmm. So pretty close either way you look at it. Uh, But what a great invention. It's going to last 18 months, might get two years out of it. 
So for 60 bucks a year, save you getting any stomach bugs, I just think it's a bargain. Oh, what I really love about it, I mean, in the past we have had like a, a handheld uh, Brita water filter jug, but what I love about having the filter connected to the hose on the exterior of the van is that when we have a shower as well, we know that we're not showering in you know, hard water with harsh chemicals. So we're, we're getting the benefit of the drinking water with the filter, but also when we're showering with it. That's true. I, I think if you solely and wholly only used it as a filtered water for drinking water, you'd probably get a couple of years out of it, seeing that we will be using it for all of our water um, outtakes or intakes even. It will probably be changing it around 12 months, I think. Yeah, okay. That's mm. all right. It, it, well, it gets a 5,000 litres of drinking water. Yeah, right. So okay. it's, a, it's a good way to look at it. Mm. And it's like you say, it was a simple, quick and easy install. So thank you, Peter, for that recommendation. Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk about next week. We, Although we are heading north, we're going to just do a little bit of a U-turn because we have always wanted to visit Kalula Berries just off Tin Can Bay Road, still in the Fraser Coast region. So mm-hmm. we're staying in this region because they have a Sunday event called Sunday Paella. Yes. And I mean, it's so great that they are back up and running. Obviously, they've been uh, closed as most businesses around the country have been for the last three or four months. So as soon as we heard that they had their Sunday paella back up and running, we thought we must go and check it out. A great community, a great family event. So looking forward to that next week. Yeah, and you mentioned the family uh, event and run by a beautiful family, Jason and Kim, uh, and then Jason's parents really, you know, handing down the reins to Jason now to take on what he's created even an empire really around strawberries and berries is incredible. It is a beautiful farm. In fact, we visited Kalula Berries very early on in season one. We were very new to the caravan and this lifestyle, but we did get to stop in and meet Jason and Kim at Kalula Berries and we got to pick some absolutely delicious strawberries. So if you are interested in uh, having a look at that, that is one of our earlier episodes from season one. Okay, we are going to wrap it up there for this week and looking forward to another week as we start to inch further closer to the Tropic of Capricorn. I think with every kilometre we get slightly warmer, so that's (laughs) a pretty good reason to continue heading north. Look, the weather, I mean, albeit this rainy day aside, we I don't think we've had the smiles off our faces since we came back from Tasmania in terms of the beautiful warm weather that we've been experiencing here in Queensland with, you know, tops of 23 most days and minimums of about 16. We can hardly complain about it being cold. Look, I know I see Cairns has a top of 28 degrees and a low of 21 at the moment. It's uh <laughs> It's crazy. Remarkable. Summer, winter. Yes, that's what we're calling it. All right. Well, thank you so much again for listening. Remember that we do have our YouTube channel, and that is every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. We do produce and release a Family Travel Australia series. Season three has kicked off, so make sure you subscribe and join us there.
If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and share it with some of your friends and family whom you think would like it too. And we're also available on Instagram and Facebook and, of course, our website, all the W's, thefeelgoodfamily.com.au. Thanks again for listening. Dream big. Look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey, feel the journey.